Hammer Time, episode number seven. Today we'll talk about contenders, pretenders, and long shots in college football. I will also run through a number of teams I've already placed bets on for week one that I'm trying to lock up lines early. But before we do any of that, let's take a second here to thank Smythe Automotive, Serenity Apparel, Ty Sponseller, Student Painters at the University of Cincinnati with Jackson Orlando, and... Thank you guys for coming back and joining me again. This is uh, episode number seven, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, college football right around the corner. Uh, I'm going to the West Virginia Pitt game at Pitt. That's going to open up the season for college football. That's a college game day to Thursday night in Pittsburgh. I uh, should be up there with my brother, my family, my girlfriend. It should be a good old time, and that'll give me a little indicator for how Pitt is going to do this year. That's a team we'll talk a little bit about today. But it'll pull on my heartstrings if they beat up uh, West Virginia too bad there because I will uh, definitely try and be rooting the Mountaineers on there in Pittsburgh. Uh, so today we are, and then after that, we're going straight to Ohio State for the Ohio state Notre Dame game. So what a way to open up the year. Uh, today we're going to talk about a little list of mine that I've compiled. It's going to be uh, contenders, pretenders, long shots, and then I'll run through a couple of slips that I've already placed down at Lawrenceburg for um, week one. And again, we'll touch over all the conference champions that I've, that I've bet and things that I actually have money on. Again, I'm not just saying these things and throwing them out there and seeing what sticks. I'm actually taking all these things that I talk about uh, I'll recap everything too at the end of the season, week by week, etc., so that you guys can kind of see how we're doing. And then individually on the on my own, I'll I'll pull up an Excel spreadsheet and we can track conference uh, wins, losses, team win losses, which is what I tend to do more than anything else. I like to find my spots and stick with them through the whole season. So. That is a, a common theme that I have for NFL and college football. And again, I've been doing this now for a number of years. So it's been a pretty proven method. And teams like Kansas State and Baylor and Ole Miss last year just like carried me the whole way. There are a number of other teams. Normally it's Ohio State and teams that I kind of let my heartstrings pull at, like UC and West Virginia, though I don't really associate or didn't go to school there. They're just who my family and friends root for. And they're teams that I kind of just find myself watching and most of the time drinking while watching. So that never ends up really, really well. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about a couple more teams here. And then before we get to the actual season starting, I'll write down that little list. Like last year, I pretty much knew before the season started, Baylor, Kansas State, Ole Miss. Those are my three teams. Uh, this year, we're going to probably spread it out a little bit more and, uh, get out of the Big 12 and probably more into the Big 10, SEC, um, ACC. So this team, this year there will probably be six to ten teams that we consistently religiously bet on or against. Uh, and then we'll sprinkle in a couple others that we see like week by week. But, um, yeah, that's how we're going to pretty much do it. So, And we're going to try to be on the right side of the coin for the whole season. <laughs> that's going to be really tough, but that's what the – that's the uh, that's the goal there. So we'll start off here. I'm not going to talk about Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia. I'm just not going to waste my time. Everybody knows they're a contender. Uh, there are a couple other teams that we will talk about that I think are pretenders that are maybe in that like top five or ten category. I just don't see them panning out. But for the sake of this episode, if you want to go read about Alabama or Ohio State or 
Clemson or Georgia, just go read about them on your own. I, uh, those are the three or four easiest big-name teams to follow, and we will not be discussing them. They're going to be a contender every single year. At this point, it's almost a question of who's going to be the fourth team contending with them, and maybe that's a better way of talking about these teams uh, that we'll talk about. Who are outside people that are looking uh, to get in? And at the top of that list, again, we just I mentioned I'm going to go watch them, so I'll kind of have a better feel, but Pitt, for me, is at the top of that list. They won the ACC Conference last year with the win over Wake Forest, 45-21. They get Tennessee at home. Uh, I think that they are going to make the playoffs. It could make the playoffs easily uh, over Clemson. And uh, they get Miami and Louisville on the road, but they should manage both those games well enough to repeat in the ACC uh, championship. Seven out of their top eight defensive linemen return, and that's going to be their strong suit, their defense. But the defensive line in general, they're going to probably have two or three guys drafted off the defensive line. Uh, this is just a personal one. This is You won't read about this one anywhere. I think most people are pretty much out on USC, including most of my friends and family. I can't stress enough how good I think Caleb Williams is going to be. But USC, they need to get a couple big road wins with Utah, UCLA, and Oregon State. I think two out of three there is pretty manageable. Uh, Three out of three would be tough, but we've seen crazier things. They also have Notre Dame at home. Uh, And I think out of those four teams there that we just listed, Utah and Notre Dame obviously will be their biggest um, games there. I I think if they drop one out of those four, it's probably going to be Utah. Uh, They'll be a national leader in offense, and if the O-line can just hold up, uh, they have enough offense. They could you know, they could run track all day. They could play with Ohio State. or And I actually think Ohio State maybe is the only other team in the country that can line up with them as far as receiving core and quarterback play, uh, especially with that transfer, Jordan Addison. So if USC's defense can, like, stop a team a couple of times, I just don't know how that offense is really going to be stopped. Utah blew out Oregon uh, twice last year, and they almost ups- upset Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. They have a pretty tough schedule with Florida, UCLA, and Oregon. It's been five years since a Pac-12 team has made the playoffs, but I think if there is a team this year that is though not the betting favorite, but I think just from like a power poll standpoint, uh, I think Utah is going to be the team that can do it. Cam Rising is an awesome quarterback, and I think they'll probably have a top-10 offense, and their defense is awesome too so much better defense there than usc but i don't know if they'd be able to keep up at a track meet with uh, caleb williams and the receiving group at usc texas a&m this is a big one they have a road trip to alabama on october 8th and with the stuff between saban and fisher texas a&m is uh i think that's all that they care about this year is just beating alabama they have all the talent in the world and i think their defensive backfield is going to be one of the better ones in college football uh, but again, I I don't think they're looking at any other games this year outside of Alabama. Notre Dame, they face a pretty tough schedule. They could manage to win uh, two out of three versus Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. Uh, they, have, they could potentially win all three, but playing at Ohio State to start the year there is a tough ask. Uh, 15 returning starters, great uh, new head coach in Freeman. Their offensive line has a total of 83 returning starts, so that's pretty significant. Uh, Year two of Marcus Freeman's defense, 
and uh, he thinks their linebacking core might be the most stacked position group as a team. Their tight ends, in my opinion, is their most stacked position group, but uh, they also give a big uh, boost to their receiving core. Oklahoma, they get Venables from Clemson, and the dude is just like a nut job. I love him. I love watching him and like his antics and that neon green hat he would always wear. I think he's going to really turn them around. I know they lost a ton of people, and maybe they should be categorized more of like a uh, long shot here. Just, I don't know, just because of all the talent and transfer portal, they got hit hard. But I I think that they're going to be a contender. If he can turn the defense around, um, they have played revenge games against Baylor and Oklahoma State, and you know he's going to have them fired up. They also get the Gabriel kid from UCF. And uh, they get Gabriel's offensive coordinator from 2019. So I think uh, he's going to go there and try to prove something. He was a great quarterback and fun to watch. So it should be fun to watch them. Uh, And we won't really touch on Penn State too much. I've talked about them a lot last episode. But uh, their schedule is just pretty favorable. And getting their two toughest games, two out of their three toughest games at home is uh, pretty big. So I think... uh, Penn State will be thrown in there. So those are my contenders this year. Those are That's just a little short list there of teams outside of the uh, regular Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. At Pitt, in no specific order really, Pitt, USC, Utah, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Penn State. Uh, Penn State and Oklahoma I feel probably the least confident about. Notre Dame, uh, Utah, and USC – I feel relatively confident about. And um, Pitt, I feel the most confident about, I would say. Pitt and probably Texas A&M. I think if they can get past Bama and they can kind of run the table there, they have so much talent that they really, really could um, make the playoffs and do something crazy. Uh, Pretenders. This is going to be pretty short and sweet. It's actually out of the top five teams, I think, Two of the top five teams are in this category, in this list. Clemson, uh, I anybody who listened to the last episode or my previous episodes or followed my picks from years prior, I just I can't get behind that quarterback. Uh, I think that head coach is a loser. I, I, just, I, I can't get behind any of the stuff that they're doing there. They had a good little run, and they've been so good because of how weak their schedule is. The ACC, just in like previous years, has just been kind of laughable. And though I don't think the ACC champion with Pitt has been, I don't think they have a laughable team. I do think that the quality of competition, though, like significantly drops off. And to play that bad or to have that many close wins last year against the talent level that they were playing against, uh, it's just not a good look. And I don't think that they're going to be competitive enough uh, offensively to um, do anything crazy this year. Oregon. They play Georgia late in the year on the road uh, where Bo Nix struggles a little bit more. Uh, one loss outside of a loss, to you can assume they're probably going to lose to Georgia there on the road. Uh, and I'm sorry, that's not late in the year. That's earlier. That's the beginning of the year. That's the start of the season, I think. Uh, one loss, though, to Georgia pretty much to start the season. And then if they play anybody else tough, which they do, BYU, Utah, and UCLA, uh, there's never been a two-team 
uh, two loss team make the playoffs, and I don't really see it happening with Oregon. I will say, though, losses earlier on in the season, people forget about them, especially if it was a loss to Georgia. But a loss later on in the year to Utah might really kill them. Uh, it might be enough to keep them out of the uh, their conference championship, and that's enough not to make it in the playoffs, obviously. Uh, Michigan is the other top five team that I have a, as a pretender. They rode the momentum at the end of the year, and they looked a lot better than they probably were. Uh, they benefit from a super easy schedule and will face a super talented Ohio State team this year. Their first four games this year are such a joke. Uh, I looked it up earlier. I'm going to look it up again. We're just going to touch on it very, very briefly. But it's such a joke. Um, and that's kind of like pretty fair to say about most um, Big Ten teams. They all start the season just like kind of cakewalking it, but uh, except Ohio State and Notre Dame this year. But listen to this. Colorado State, Hawaii, and then Connecticut, and then Maryland. And then they finally dip into some tougher games. But still, it's like Maryland, Connecticut, Hawaii, and Colorado State. And then they go to Iowa, which would be a little test because I don't think their offense is going to hang with Iowa. Uh, they get Michigan at in, or they I'm sorry they get Indiana at Indiana, who can give some Big Ten teams a hard time. And then they get Penn State at home, and then they get little brother Michigan State at home. So as far as strength of schedule goes, and you know they they really do have an unbelievable like just a super easy strength of schedule and they get two out of three big teams there earlier in the year at home now to end the year they obviously go to ohio state and play on the road and i just think they're going to get walked like a dog Uh, i don't think that they're legitimate especially on offense the only reason that they will be and maybe looked better is because of the offensive line uh Defense is just four starters back, and the team is going to rely heavily on that O-line, like I said. I think if Penn State or Iowa can sneak away with a win in Ann Arbor, then Ohio State's just going to shut the door on them there at the end of the year. Uh, and then, So that sums up there pretty much my pretenders, Michigan, Oregon, and Clemson. Uh, Oregon also, not to I didn't mention this, but they also lost that running back die to uh, USC there. So that's another little knock there on Oregon. Uh, And I have two sleepers, and I have one long shot. I don't even know if the long shot is really worth mentioning. Uh, I obviously don't feel as good about the long shot as I do these sleepers here because the sleepers are kind of proven a little bit more. Uh, But Baylor plays Oklahoma and BYU on the road and gets Oklahoma State at home. If uh, Aranda can get them back, the defense is probably good enough to run the table and sneak in college football playoff undefeated. Uh, Again, you consider all these things Oklahoma is going to be you know transfer portal written uh BYU is going to be a tough road game uh but we've seen again crazier things happen and it's college football and I think you get Oklahoma State at home their defense is so good uh they can maybe run the table there and they may be just like a humongous sleeper to make the college football playoff uh, and then my other sleeper is NC State. That Leary kid is probably the second best quarterback in the ACC, and they do have a lighter schedule. Again, the ACC in, in general to me feels light. Uh, if they manage to make the ACC championship and win, it'll be hard to keep them out, especially, again, if 
either one of those two teams go undefeated. Uh, and they beat Clemson last year, so I don't think that uh, you can write them off for not being able to do that again. Uh, and then we have a long shot here. This is going to be like crazy, crazy, but that's what long shots are for. Uh, they're ten- Tennessee. Is the, my sister went there, and you know I root for her. My brother's girlfriend goes there. I think their offense like got so much progressively each week. They got so much more fun to watch, and um, I think offensively they're going to test every single team that they play, and kind of unfortunately for them, but fortunately for us as college football fans. They face some really good defenses, so it's going to be like some shootouts. You know, it's it's really going to be fun to watch. It's going to be like best on best. And Tennessee is another team there that I think you can put them up there with like Ohio State and USC as far as like offense goes. Uh, so playing Pitt, Georgia, and Bama, those defenses are, I mean, Georgia and Bama are like almost NFL defenses. It feels like maybe weaker NFL defenses, but still like Georgia's defense last year, you can't tell me it was worse than some NFL defenses. So they played those three teams this year. And again, those are probably defensively three of the best teams in the nation. Uh, and I think offensively, they're going to have one of the best offenses in the nation. So Tennessee is going to be fun to watch and uh, they're a long shot, but you just never know if that offense is good enough. It gets past one or two of those teams. Um, you know, they're going to be in there as far as that discussion. It'll just kind of be like, well, you know, these two teams played and it's like Texas A&M in the past where they've played so well against that higher level competition. Like they do Alabama almost every single year that it's just hard to keep them out of that discussion. And, you know, if other teams drop off or something crazy happens, injuries to, um, or maybe Ohio State or Alabama or something like that. You just never know. So I think they're worth mentioning, and they'll definitely be fun to watch. Uh, We'll sneak through here. I've already gone through and made a couple picks. I'm not going to give all of them yet because some of them there's still enough time where I can uh, get back in there and get a better line if I really want to. But uh, give me one second. I'll pull up my slips. All right, so going through, we've already talked about conference champions, uh, who I have futures on there. I'll run through those here really, really quick. We also talked about some win-losses. I have uh, Nebraska this year at over 7.5. I have Nevada at under 5. I have UTSA under 8.5. Penn State over 8.5. Indiana over 4. Air Force over 8.5. Cincinnati under 9, Oklahoma under 9.5, BYU over 8.5, Boise State over 9, Kent State under 5, Caleb Williams obviously to win the Heisman, I got him at plus 700 or plus 800 and then I put even more on him at plus 600 because I saw the line start to move. Uh, We have Arizona at over 2.5 wins. And then this is where we get into some of the champions. I have Pitt at plus 900 to win the ACC. Texas at plus 280 to win the Big 12. Ohio State minus 210 to win the Big 10. USC at plus 220 to win the Pac-12. Alabama minus 130 to win the SEC. Texas A&M long shot to win the SEC at plus 1500. Penn State to win the Big 10 championship at plus 1800. 
Nate Diaz fights early on in September. Uh, this is going to be his last fight. I know this is not an MMA or UFC podcast, but I love Nate Diaz. And uh, I can't wait to watch him in that fight. So I, I placed a future on him as well. He's plus 700. And he could come out like very well and just not give a shit. Uh, just be there for a paycheck. But I think everybody who's ever watched him for as long as I have knows uh, he really he, he's a dog. He's going to go out there and fight as hard as he can. Uh, and then I have, let's see, one, uh, another under five and a half West Virginia. That's total wins. And that pains me to say that, but again, I'm telling you guys everything that I've bet. And, uh, that is also, so win totals conference champions, Nick, or uh, sorry, Nate Diaz. And then, uh, I have one, two, three, four games here that I have available, uh, to bet already. And these are bet slips that I've made. I have uh, week one, I have Penn State. I bought a half a point versus Purdue to get them to minus two and a half. My odds are slanted there just a little bit, minus 130, because I bought that half point. But still, uh, Penn State at Purdue. I know Purdue has given some other teams in the past Big Ten little upset or surprise, but for the most part, it's been when they've been like pretty big underdogs, and I just don't see Penn State starting off the season that rough. Everybody's healthy. I think they do have the better team. So three points, field goal, I'll take Penn State. Pitt, uh, minus seven, West Virginia. I've, like I said, I'm going there. It's at Pitt. It's college game day, starting the year. Everybody's healthy. Uh, I just I think West Virginia uh, is going to have around four or five wins on the season. I think they're going to be pretty middle of the road. Um, and I think Pitt's defense is just going to be so much better than their offense that it's going to be hard for them to score. If Pitt can just sneak out a couple touchdowns there, I think minus seven is pretty easy. Uh, and lastly, I have Vanderbilt minus seven. Vandy is at Hawaii week one, and I think Hawaii is, I'm circling them as one of those teams I'm just going to bet against every single week this year. I don't think that they're going to be good at all, and I know Vanderbilt is not good either. But at the end of the day, an SEC team versus a Hawaii, uh, I'm taking whatever SEC team it is, and seven points just seems crazy. Uh, so those are my, I said four, I guess I only have three, but yeah, those are my three preseason, uh, well, week one bets I already locked up. There will be a lot more to follow there. And uh, the Vandy disrespect I've seen on Twitter recently is kind of funny. You saw one person vote on them to win the SEC. At the end of the day, they're still an SEC football team. And um, Hawaii has been in a lot of boxes for going down this year. They check a ton of boxes, and I just don't know that they're going to be that good at football. So uh, Vandy is probably the one I feel strongest about right now out of the three of those and that's kind of where we are so uh that's all i got for this episode if people have any other contenders pretenders that they want me to talk about if there's any contenders or pretenders that you know people want to come on here and talk with me about i love to uh talk shop get at me on twitter uh hammer time pods and I love all you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I can't tell you again how much it means to me. I know I say it every single episode, but uh, till this thing, I, like I say, we normally average somewhere around 50 to 100 listeners per episode. As this thing grows bigger and bigger, I'll remember those that uh, have stuck with me since the beginning. Uh, and one more little tidbit. I might start throwing these in here at the end. Uh, just like positive preach and practice sort of stuff. Check up on everybody that you know, everybody that you love. There is uh, 
more than ever probably right now mental health and all the concerns around it are being brought up and I think pretty much for good reason I personally don't have anything going on there's nothing that anybody here needs to come and check up on me about but uh you know tell your mom and dad you love them pick up the phone call somebody you haven't talked to in a little while make sure your grandparents and like people that are aging feel your love uh, do something nice for your girlfriend your significant other make your coworkers happy be a good person do all the right things you know all that good stuff uh that's all i want to leave you guys with just a little positive note here positive vibes going into college football never hurt anybody and uh it definitely will not hurt us moving forward this will continue to be a part of this show and if anybody has any messages or any other important things that they want to talk about outside of college football love to have anybody on here and talk about them all right thank you guys hammer time out